Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Happy throwback. Insert day here. How is everyone doing? Boy, it's been a minute, hasn't it, my friend? It is, but it, now it's autumn. And to celebrate autumn, here autumn. is Kevin David Thomas with Malpy and Shire's Autumn. <laughs> you gotta love it. Oh my, I love Malpy and Shire. I was just listening to Closer Than Ever the other day. They're doing pretty good for themselves. There's a revival of Baby happening at out of out of the box theatricals with Julia yeah, Murney and right. God and God with God bless Richard and uh uh David because I was going to say Dick. God bless Richard and Dick. God <laughs> bless Richard and David because um, the middle couple now is a same sex couple. Oh but yes, that's right. How wonderful yeah, up- is that? Updating the little baby. Yeah. Thank you. We love we love progress, and they just it. got honored. By the York Theater, they did. They just had a little their gala, right? With, yes, uh, where, they, where they honored them. Yeah. So, congr- congrats to previous yeah, guests, they deserve it. Maltby and Shire. David did That's one episode, right. and Richard, I think, is still at Shetler Studios, Seven, eight, nine, talking about starting here, starting now. So, somebody, somebody <laughs> has series, to series. You might say <laughs> did a series with, R- the, R- with the only spinoff in podcast history. Richard Maltby. The only time where they came back to us and said, "Can we please do more?" Please? Oh, I love that man. He's That's such a sweet. he is such a sweet guy. Uh, how have you been, Mister Thomas? Well, you know, all of a sudden you blink your eyes and it's it's November. It's it's wild, you know. And you know, we've taken a little break this year from the podcast, but boy, it's been. It's been busy. I mean, I've been, of course, teaching still. Um, I'm currently music directing Into the Woods at the Professional yeah. Conservatory Musical Theater. That's where, listeners, you may remember we, Rob and I did Merrily We Roll Along a couple years back. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, yeah. And so that's on December 2nd, th- uh, December 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. Um, we're doing that with the students. Um, and if and you, fun. If you yeah. click in our info description, there's a link so you oh, can good. purchase tickets. 
to nice. go support Mr. Thomas. I think I'm nice. going to go on opening. Oh, I think you should go into the woods. Have a nice you, intimate production. Yeah. Have you ever music directed Into the Woods before? I have not, actually. Have you ever uh, been in Into the Woods before? I have, actually. I played uh, Rapunzel's. That was actually one of the last shows I've done, um, you know, in the last couple of years, well, year, many years, uh, uh, up at a Northern Stage where I met my wife in Vermont. I played mm. Rapunzel's Prince. Great role, because you really, you you really come in for the funny song. Uh, you can go do a crossword puzzle and hang out in your dressing room, <laughs> and then second act rolls along, and you sing another three minute song, same song, different words, get a couple laughs, and then go back and finish the crossword puzzle. It's really quite wonderful. It's a princess track, as some people might say. That's right. That's right. But no, I, I was. It's really fun to be on this side of it. Because um, when you have listened, oh my gosh, we've all seen the Bernadette Peter, you know, we've seen the original. I mean, they, they filmed it so you can actually, I mean, that's just, I love that all those Sondheim musicals, you can see the original cast. Um, but to really be in it, you re- it's just another point of view that I never really got. And all of the layers that are in there with the, the music, it, you know, and the themes that are, are in like woven into the tapestry of it is really pretty incredible. Um, and we're going to do a reduced orchestration. So it's just going to be piano. I'll have keyboard with like a couple like fanfare types type sounds and thin sound effects and then just a flute and a violin i want it to be really kind of like like a little chamber i like nice little like nice little small you know setting i love that i cannot wait to see it i cannot wait to see it thank you rob somebody told me and maybe you know this or maybe a listener can confirm this for me that somebody said (laughs) this is great great reporting somebody said (laughs) that somebody said um hey they do it on a lot of the news stations why can't we do it exactly Stephen Sondheim said that into the woods, the word woods has a double meaning. Woods as in the forest, but woods as in W-O-U-L-D-S, like I would do this, or what would happen if. Right, woulda, shoulda, coulda, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know if that's true or not. Oh, you know, I wonder, I'm on my docket is to go back and watch, there's this great um, sort of, I want to almost call it a documentary. Uh, it was like a 45 minute piece on YouTube from the eighties where Sondheim and Lapine talk about it. It's for people doing into the woods to understand it a little bit. I think it was to help teachers and such, um, back then. Cause it was kind of, they was dealing with some new things in the Bettelheim parallel with, uh, the uses of enchantment of the fairy tales and all the psychological stuff, the Freudian stuff that they layered into. Cause that was a lot of it, what it's, it's based on. Um, and a lot of, I think people can perhaps miss that, but I wonder if it's, if he mentions it there. I will have to go check that out. So, friends, let us know if you know if this is an accurate quote. And woods? if so, Woods, <laughs> would this be correct? And just let us know. We're curious. Yeah, We're I curious. How have you been keeping busy? Because I know you have a lot. I, I want to tell everyone, please go listen to This Was a Thing, the new podcast that Rob has. Uh, it is it is not musical theater based, although you do definitely have musical theater fun on there. Um, but it is, I have to tell you, I look forward to it every single Tuesday. I absolutely love it. I love it so much. It, it gives us uh, deep dives on, well, you've probably got a much better pitch for what it is because you, you've been doing it for a while, but it's, it's deep dives on forgotten to- nostalgic topics but they go each one each week um you and your co-host take turns sort of like hosting i i want to say because you each uh and and they're just like the last one was on the president harrison and the assassination and then about um you know the amendment and all and how we elect president i mean it was just so well done you got to flex the old poli sci degree there (laughs) i did i did it's thank you kevin that means the the world to me um and no and no one will ever replace you 
<laughs> he's, he's, so a, he's a lovely guy, but he's a side piece, Kev. Um, don't worry about it. <laughs> but we I, should put the link in in the in the in the yes, thing so that they yes. can um, um, go listen to that because it's just so much fun. Although I have to tell you, and I think I texted this to you, it's amazing how all of these worlds interconnect. So my co-host's father, this is what a world. He was, uh, for the longest time, and I think still is, is the number one Elvis impersonator in the country. <laughs> I'm, I swear so to says God. says every Elvis impersonator. So sa- <laughs> this man was sanctioned by Elvis Presley's estate. Wow. Um, wow. And, ton- and, he, and yes. So anyway, I know they all say that. But then if you do the research on Raymond Michael. There really is one. Yeah. Okay. So, Raymond Michael. So I was talking to Raymond Michael about him being an Elvis impersonator. And um, he was saying to me, uh, he goes, oh, he's like, he goes, I used to open up for a lot of acts in Las Vegas, big acts. And he said, the act that I opened for the most, though, he goes, oh, was Robert Goulet. (laughs) And he told a story about that Robert Goulet in Vegas at this time was a big drinker and no, no, none of the casinos wanted to hire him. And Wayne Newton was like, hey, listen, I will take care of him. I will make sure that he stays sober and that he can do performances and it's on me. So Robert Goulet was married to Carol Lawrence at this time. Mm -hmm. And apparently in his dressing room, it was all sodas. And he put up a crucifix to show that he had found God. (laughs) And uh, he was sober. And then as soon as Carol Lawrence would leave, the cross would come down alcohol would come flowing into the room and apparently he had a girlfriend who they named jaws no and i'm assuming i hope it's because she liked the movie jaws but and he had this huge ring and my the guy was saying he used to go up to people and he was drunk but friendly be like and give somebody like a fist bump on the shoulder and this huge ring would like bruise them and people were like robert you can't keep doing this like okay and then finally, one day he did it to a busboy mm-hmm. and the busboy punched Robert Goulet in the face. And Robert Goulet just got up and laughed and said, oh, he's feisty. <laughs> That's a great story. But it tops even more because my co-host's father then said, um, he said, I didn't get started as an uh, Elvis impersonator. I did opera first. And he goes, I had a really great opera teacher in Vegas. He's like, someone you probably don't even know. His name was Sergio Franchi. No. And he goes, I had to stop going to him because I couldn't understand what he was saying. <laughs> and I was like, my mind is so blown right now. Uh, so it all Now, repeat after me a warm up. I am going to the buffet. <laughs> Como se dice? Coconut Grove. Eh? Do you know how to play Kino? <laughs> Remember Kino? The yes, little black crayon game? It was fun for, fun oh, for the man. whole family. So anyway, well, thank you. Fun. That's thank you for time. that. And I think I can finally announce this because uh, it's online. So I feel like it's okay now. Um, I uh, have been working on a book. I wrote a play, Mr. Jaffe, <laughs> about life. <laughs> on a train i call it life on a train <laughs> um that's a little bit of on the 20th century on the 20th century for, for, you, for you for you coleman uh i wrote uh, none of the notes though but it's the essence i uh i have been working on a book for the past two years 
Yes. And uh, Kevin is a contributor to the book as well. And the book is called 50 Key Stage Musicals. Uh, and it's going to be available for purchase on uh, March 31st, 2022. You're able to buy it now early. If you click into the info description, there's a, a link for you to purchase the book. Uh, there's this wonderful publishing company in uh, England called Routledge Press, and they have a series called 50 Key fill in the blank, 50 key choreographers, 50 key film directors. And they approached me about writing a book called 50 Key Stage Musicals. So it's 50 musicals that I and my co-editor, Shannon Agnew, feel changed the history of musical theater. And each chapter is written by a different author. Uh, Kevin is a contributor. Peter Felici is a contributor. Lawrence Maslin, uh, Laura Francos, uh, Rupert Holmes, uh, wrote our chapter on HMS Pinafore. Oh, it's wow. yeah, and so the first show is Black Crook, and we end with uh, Dear Evan Hansen. So uh, we're we're proud of what we've done. It's been a long time. It's been two years in the making. But yeah. in addition to the book, um, we felt in this day and age, it's better for not better, but it's good for students to embrace the world of podcasting as an educational tool. And so there will be a supplemental podcast that also gets launched on March 31st called 50 Key Stage Musicals, colon, the podcast, uh, which go. will uh, which is being uh, hosted and produced by the Broadway Podcast Network. And each chapter has an interview with the author or somebody that was related to the original production. You are a podcast impresario, Robert. No, I, I, I am the uh, Hal Prince of podcast. <laughs> That's fantastic. I'm so there is. He just I put probably, his glasses on his head, you guys. That's uh, uh, it's, it's spitting in no, the old hell. But anyway, and Kevin wrote the chapter on Oklahoma exclamation mark. And it's fantastic. Um oh, it's our, fun. It was really fun. Our hope is that teachers will give this book to students to uh to inter be introduced to the musicals that change the landscape. And the big thing is, and I know we're gonna get a lot of uh people tweeting and saying where's this back little pushback where's this show where's that show our definition was musicals that allowed other musicals to occur so as much as i love the music man i don't know what other musicals the music man paved the way for mm -hmm. uh, i love hairspray i don't know what other musicals hairspray paved the way for so Catch me if you can <laughs> And so for that. for that, I think we're yeah. okay. Uh, so anyway, I'm I'm really proud of what we created. I hope that you'll buy the book. I hope you'll subscribe to the podcast. But uh, that's been one of the things that's been keeping me and Kevin, I know, uh, busy over the past couple of years. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. So I wish it was a pop-up book or a scratch and sniff. <laughs> like you Earl Bailey. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like you scratch and sniff company. It smells like a vodka stinger. Nice. Nice. So anyone out there, any enterprising individuals, take my scratch and sniff musical theater idea. Children's book. Right. You know, kids love it. Kids, kids really love it, if nothing else. Uh, <laughs> so I've been doing that. And then my theater company's coming back again. I'm so excited, Rob. What are you what shows are you doing? This is Thanks, like musical Sh theater company. Thank you. And once again, there's a link in the info description. You're more than welcome to go and buy season tickets and support us. If you buy season tickets, you're really getting two show three shows for the price of two when you when you really look at it so uh come join us we'd love to have you we're starting with a class act 
uh, which closed on our opening uh, in 2020 because it was the night the pandemic occurred yeah. and a quarantine happened. Uh, but we're doing a class act, which is the Ed Kleban bio musical. First time it's being done in New York since it was on Broadway. Um, a day in Hollywood, a night in the Ukraine, which is also the first time I believe it's being done in New York since it was on Broadway Incredible. in a professional production, uh, which we're very excited about because there might be some new material in it. We'll see. Because uh, one of the writers is still with us. And then we'll be ending with Meadowlark, i.e. the Baker's Wife, Stephen oh, Schwartz and Joseph is. Stein's The Baker's Wife, uh, which is a personal favorite of mine. I think it's a gorgeous score. Dare I say it might be his best score. Mm. Um, and when you look at all the other great musicals he's done, you know, that's that's a pretty big, big uh, compliment to give, but I think it's an accurate compliment. Uh, mm. So I'm very excited that that is our season. And when does is, when is this run? When do these shows The run? first show, uh, Class Act, opens February 10th, and then Baker's Wife closes March 20th. So what we do is, is we do two weekends of one show, then two weekends of the second show, then two weekends of the third show. Great. All at Theater Row on 42nd and 9th Avenue. Please, if you're in New York uh, or you're coming to New York to see encores, some people we know make a double trip out of it. They'll, they'll, see, one, they'll see an encore show, and then they'll come see us. And the encores uh, has a really great season, My I think. My goodness. Uh, the tap dance kid the life and into the woods another into the woods interesting so, uh, yeah yeah well you know i think we had talked about this with jack vertel which is you know it's really they have to do one show that they know is a guaranteed money maker for them right 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 to support the other two shows right um and this into the woods is pretty stacked sarah yeah. Bareilles, christian oh. borrell heather headley um I'm I'm excited for the Dule Hill in uh, the Tap Dance Kid. I, oh, I think, listen, I, I think he is. I mean, I'm excited, of course, for all the others in Into the Woods as well. No, but but you never get to see Tap Dance Kid. I mean, you just that's no. just you see. It's, it's and so the I'm life pumped for that. and Billy oh. Porter's reworking the Come life. On. So I'm excited. I I know that there are some people that are not over the moon about the uh, the selection over there this year because they feel that the shows are not as classical as some things in other seasons we're 30 years away from these shows now it's okay like yeah, yeah. like i think i think it's okay to be doing these shows now if that's the if the concern is about time rest assured if you have other concerns about the season you can kindly see yourself out the door Bye-bye. <laughs> if you know what i mean mm-hmm. yes um so yeah so please come up and see us um, all talking about seeing things, I feel like I've been at the theater a lot lately. You, I feel like, you but have you've been, been busy, too. so it's, it's I've been fine. rehearsing at night, and um, uh, can I, I, it's hard, it's just much, much harder. Although, I have tickets on Wednesday to go see my one of my favorite musicals of all time, Caroline or Chain. Oh, I'm so jealous, Caroline. I'm seeing that. Yeah, I'm so, oh. so, pumped. so, so ready for it, so With- excited. Uh, yeah. I was going to say with former guest Chip Zion as the grandpa. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so this should I'm be good. So excited. I'm so excited. Um, in fact, yeah, yeah. And and I'm just, it's one of my, I think it's my first Broadway show since being. Wow. There, you know? so welcome. Welcome yeah. back, my friend. No, welcome back. Because no. I've, I've said no to you like five times. Yes. I keep, I keep asking you and, and you've, you've got other things to do, um, which is totally understandable. Then what's going to be fun is in the spring, I think we'll flip. <laughs> yes you're right which is you'll be seeing everything and i'll be like i can't i got a re- i got rehearsal i saw former guest aj holmes's show yeah but not right now down at soho playhouse it was fascinating it was fascinating um 
if you remember, AJ was a guest on our show a while back. He's been in Book of Mormon for years and years and years. Um, and it's a, it's, it's a very confessional show about how he can't stay faithful to, uh, or he couldn't stay faithful to his girlfriend. Uh-huh. And wow. you sit there and you go, oh, shit, it's not Book of Mormon he's jokes. Real. Yeah. He's, he's being very he's, real right now. He's playing the piano. He's accompanying himself. He's in, I mean, it's like a full he, experience. Oh, right? my God. It's him at a piano. Um, He's a brilliant piano player. And if you watched Fosse Verdon, he played John Kander in mm. the Fosse Verdon show. Uh, he is just incredible. But that was very interesting because I think it was interesting to watch because a lot of the people there were in their teens and early 20s. And I think they had seen they knew he was part of like team star kid which did the harry potter musical right and i think they were expecting that and then to hear him talk about he has a problem with fidelity um it was interesting to watch the this, this young group of people go from optimistic to cynical in 90 minutes um <laughs> but it was i think it was a great show i finally saw six in i was in j3 uh i i finally saw six and Kevin, I'm proud of myself. I was able to avoid six all throughout the pandemic because I was like, I don't, I want to be surprised. I uh, want to be like surprised. That. You like to experience it because I love that album. I think it's, I just can't wait <gasps> oh, to see it because of the album. I think the songs Kev, are so contagious. It is so good. It right? is so, so, so good. An older person walking out said something along the lines of like, well, they, you know, they, they sort of felt like it was uh uh, like a thesis, like a, a graduate thesis. And I don't, I don't, if it is, this is a great graduate thesis. I don't know what else Fine. to say. If right. this, it if is this was a is. school project, I had a great time. Um, but for me, what was so wonderful, and this was my first musical back. This was my first mm, musical back. Mm -hmm. What I found so special, and I'm wondering if you'll have this when you go as well. The the audience was filled with tons of female identifying audience members, I think in like the teen, early 20s demographic. Yep. They know this show backwards and forwards. Uh, and as they as the show unfolds, they cheer at the right moments. It's it was so exciting to watch a whole new generation fall in love with musical theater. Yeah. Yeah. Like that yeah. that to me. I mean, yes, the show on stage is incredible. It really is. But you look around and you watch the show that's happening in the audience. And right. it's even better. I will say it's very funny. At the beginning of the show, they introduced the women, the, the wives of his by like how they died mm -hmm. or how they got in, out of the marriage. And after each one, the audience like screams. It's almost like announcing like a boy it's a concert. It's a it's concert. A con yeah, it is. Totally. So, I mean, it so, is a concert. So someone's yeah. like beheaded and you hear, ah, it's beheaded. <laughs> Divorced. Oh, my God. And you're like, what is died. happening? Yeah, and you're yeah, like, ah, totally. yeah. So I, I think it's it's a a fantastic show. And yes, I've been listening to the album a lot since then. <laughs> but that live experience is pretty special. Yeah, it's and that's one of the hottest tickets right now, isn't it? Uh, it is, is a hot is really, ticket because you know there's a lot of we were talking before we got on air that you know you can go on tdf.org and you can really find a lot of great shows right now are not they're not all selling out right now so you really can see a lot of great theater for a really decent price but boy if you want to see hades town six or hamilton mm -mm, nope those those are those are hot tickets and they always seem to have tickets to the i do i do that's uh, starring chad kimball and laura osnes um that that one seems to be available a lot if that's if, that, if you're a big jones and schmidt fan uh <laughs> But vaccination keep is that vaccination optional, card in your pocket so you don't even no have to bring deal. it out yeah don't even um, have to 
you know, speaking of vaccination optional, you want to know something weird that happened? I went to go see the dress rehearsal of the Radio City Christmas Spectacular. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which I had never seen before, by the way. So oh. I was I was blown away. Um, but as I was walking into the lobby, one of the people that worked at a Radio City Music Hall, I don't know if it was a house manager or an usher or security, I don't know, but looked at me and said, you know, you don't have to keep your mask on. And I was so surprised by that. Mm-hmm. You don't have to, you don't have to keep your mask on. Uh, I was like, oh, I kind of want to keep my mask on. I kind of don't yeah. want to kill anybody. Yeah. So isn't that interesting? Yeah. I'm wondering if anyone else, is, I've never had that. I've never, I've never been like, take that thing off. What are you doing? No, um, in fact, I've had the opposite where people yes. were encouraged to keep it on, you know, I mean, to, 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 in, in the audience, you know, to say, you know, everyone on stage will be off, but you know, we would like you if, you know, at all possible, please keep your mask on for the, I wonder time. what it's like for the performers to look out and you don't see smiles. Or you oh, don't, you, you know, you don't yeah. see faces. Um, right. It is what it is. I mean, there's nothing you can do. But you know where I was curious by that? I just saw Lackawanna Blues, uh, the Ruben mm. Santiago Hudson one-man show, which yeah. uh, is at MTC. And first of all, he's brilliant. Uh, mm. It's a revival of a show he had done previously. Mm. But he does so much talking to the audience and so much of it is a connection to the audience that I'm wondering what's it like for him to not be able to see that other the other instrument that he's responding right. off of right right, right. you know he ha- everything yeah. has to be auditory now for him to know what's working and yeah. what's not working um you know what is working and i had a great time at what? douglas lyons chicken and biscuits oh yes have you seen chicken and biscuits i have not no i haven't i've have not seen anything yet you talk oh that's right i'm sorry let me ask no, you no, again have okay. you it is a joyous evening in the theater Oh. It is a joyous evening in the theater. Norm Lewis, Michael Yuri. Norm. It puts a smile on your face from start to finish. Oh, so fantastic. if you've not seen Chicken and Biscuits, please go do so. Uh, the Lehman Trilogy, also a yep. fantastic uh, experience. Actors knocking it out of the park. It is really solid it, actors. Really oh, Kev, it. it's three and a half hours long and it doesn't feel three and a half hours long. Mm. It's Simon Russell Beale, mm-hmm. Lee Godley and Adrian Lester, who uh, Adrian Lester was the Bobby and company that Sam Mendes did in the 90s, which is all on YouTube now. Um, it It's brilliant. I don't know what else to say except that it's brilliant. But to me, the most brilliant thing I have seen since I got back is Dana H., I've been reading so much about people say that this performance is truly like, how do they, how does, how does she do it every, you know, eight shows a week or whatever. They're saying it's just incredible. It friends, this, this is one of those things where it's like, yes, not all of the most brilliant theater is on Broadway. Dana H um, is written by the playwright Lucas Nath. And it's about his mother and the five years that his mother was held as a captive uh, in in a very long kidnapping, um, and it, the it's a one woman show. It's being performed by an actress named Deidre O'Connell. I did not know the conceit of the show going into the show. Oh, all, all I knew was I was like, oh yeah, it's it's a one woman show, and she gets kidnapped. Okay, I got it. Uh, I didn't know what the conceit of it was. Is it, does everyone know what the conceit is? Is it pretty like 
Is this all they talk about? Is what the, what I had the... read about it. No, I had read about it, but I, I, but just because it was this was sort of an off Broadway oh, show okay. being done on Broadway and, and just well, what's going on there. If if you don't want to, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. But but if you're if you want to skip this, the conceit that's totally fine. I didn't realize it's uh it's a transcription of his mother talking and the actress Deidre O'Connell lip syncs to the transcript. Uh, or, or lip syncs to the actual interview. Uh, what could easily be a gimmick is right. one of the most brilliant moving pieces of theater I've ever seen. I don't know what else to say. Okay. And I kept thinking, is it because I haven't been in the theater a long time? Is it because I'm really fascinated by this? I know it is such a wonderful, wonderful creation. And when they announced that it was closing early, it made me so sad and it made a lot of other people sad. And that's why now they're extending Two weeks. So, friends, this is oh, something good. you you don't want to miss. You do not want to miss. Please, 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 please go see Dana H. before it closes. It is one of the most fascinating theatrical experiences you'll ever have. Oh, wow. Now, I know, Kevin, you and I did not get cast in the Wicked movie. Um, and we and tried. We, tried. We, we really yeah. tried, but that's okay. And we wish uh, our, our, our successors, Cynthia Revo and Ariana Grande, the best of luck. Are you excited about the casting? of this film because it set the social media world afire. Ablaze. The musical theater Twitter was all over the place. It was unreal. It was everyone was just going crazy. I I I I'm excited. I think Cindy is genius casting. They've both been on Broadway. I mean it's not like you can't say, well, they've never had any experience. Nope. They are, you know, Ariana was a young in, but still, I mean it's and I'm excited to see her mentor is literally Kristen Chenoweth. I mean there's a connection here so i think I we're fine yes i say yes i think that you know yeah i'm ex very excited about it not a huge fan of people judging things they haven't seen yet right or the idea of it you know or the yeah, idea of it yeah. you know yeah, i quite agree let's let's i you know there's sometimes and this i think this happened with the dear evan hansen movie which i've seen since um uh since our last episode together it makes me sad that our community just will, will loves to tear itself down and and cannot figure out you know when the dear evan hansen movie came out and everyone just based on the still images that came out shat all over it a lot of vitriol there yeah you know here's here's this this is what i wanted to say you know musicals rarely make money in the cinematic universe uh and what I'm confused by is we did the prom, we gave you the prom. Like they gave you the prom. They gave you the prom, which was this musical that didn't run, that they could have picked 90 million other musicals to do, and they decided to tell the story of the prom. Everyone shat all over that for various reasons. Um, where why isn't the original cast doing it? Why isn't the original cast doing it? Okay, now we'll do Dear Evan Hansen and we'll put that person in. Why is he in this movie? He's too and old. Yeah. He's too old. And no matter what, no matter what Hollywood tries to do, every time that we jump on this negativity bandwagon, at some point they're going to be like, well, what's the point, guys? Right. The audience that we're making it for doesn't want to see it. Um, I saw the Dear Evan Hansen movie, and you have not seen it, right? Because I know I tried you to. Yeah, I want to. I have to wait till it's streaming because I, I did not get it. I, I, I do not think it's as bad as everybody is saying it is, and I say that to people, and they look at me like I have two heads. I yeah. I found the movie more interesting on screen than I did on stage. 
Hmm. Wow. Yeah, I have not heard that opinion often. No. And my feeling is, is it the best movie ever made? No. Is it a great movie? No. But is it a it's fine. But the the the, the amount of hatred that came yeah. after this film is is absolutely beyond and him, particularly. I mean, and him. And okay. him. Like this is what you this is what you want. You want, and here's what you know. What if he had stepped aside and said, "Hey, I'm going to let this this new stu- this new star do it, or this this teenager do it"? People would go, "Why isn't Ben Platt doing it?" Right? Yeah, it's, it's like lose. Yeah, it's a lose lose. Really and eventually, at some point, Hollywood's going to be like, "Folks, we ain't doing this anymore." And then people are going to go, "Why aren't they making this into a movie?" Well, you had your chance. Well, or uh, how, here's another sort of hot button issue: um, the Diana. Uh, filming uh did you happen to watch, watch i it? did i did watch i diana I, did, I was i was in it the whole time i have Me to too. tell you i was thoroughly entertained thoroughly entertained. i i don't know what that was but i was it had former guest judy k um and she was brilliant i don't know what the hell that was my but i don't know what else to say i don't yes i watched it i watched it high i don't know i don't know what to tell you <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'll yes. be honest with you. Fun. It was a fun time. Uh, and it was a fun, it was a fun time, kids. I don't, but you know what? I'm I will be honest with you. I I don't foresee a long life happening for Diana. Mm. Uh just based, I'm not talking about the show. I'm just talking about based on the movie that I saw. Um, but I am happy that something like Diana is preserved. How great would it have been maybe 20, 30 years ago for these musicals that did not run very long to get that sort of quality production? Things like Bandstand, things like Allegiance, things like Diana, I think are, it's fantastic to have them captured. Uh, the fact that we can have a, a, a preservation of the stage yes. production of both Hamilton and Diana, and we live in a world where both exist, I think is we're we're lucky. We are it in the was not like that age. when we were kids. All we had was like the Brandy Cinderella, which was great with Whitney Houston, but like there wasn't a lot of there that wasn't even a stage production. So we did no. there wasn't a lot that was preserved into the woods that we talked about at the top of the hour. I mean, that was really it. I mean, and there that, wasn't And that was it. You're absolutely correct. So, so. I I lo- I like that this is getting done. And I like I said, you know what? Maybe Diana was not my cup of tea, no pun intended. Um, but somebody will see it and somebody will watch it and somebody will say, this is what I want to do with the rest of my life. And that young person will grow up to be maybe our next Sondheim or our next Audra McDonald. Like the more of this stuff that we get out there that says theater is a great place to be. And it's an, a, a place for you to create, to inspire people. I don't see anything wrong with that. Same. I don't see anything wrong with that. So that's, I'll get off my soapbox to get on a higher <laughs> soapbox which is the Tony Awards happened. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Did they? <laughs> I was told that they happened. I saw I, something on Paramount Plus. Yeah. I uh, I, I, I got I a subscription for Paramount Plus. I, I was going to get a subscription and we just, I, we have too many. There's just too many subscriptions. I just couldn't you, do it. Did you do what everyone else did, which was buy it, then cancel it? I was going to. No, I, I didn't. I just did because I knew I would have forgotten to, to cancel it, to be honest. Folks, one of the things that we've always this this surprised me. One of the things that we've always done when we when we had this podcast, when we did this podcast on a on a on a, on a weekly <laughs> regular, basis, yeah. on a regular basis. We're busy. You, do you hear how busy Kevin is? The man has a child. The man <laughs> the man is at into the woods every night. I'm sitting here writing a book. We're busy people. That's right. <laughs> closed uh no one of the things that we always did was we had our great friend brian hobgood come on as a tony awards historian and we were recorded a tony awards show and would you believe i didn't post it i i because I, I forgot about it would you believe that on the day of the election november of 2020 the three of us gathered on zoom and recorded our tony award predictions and that's right. And that thing has been sitting on my computer for a freaking year now. But we thought we we said who we thought was going to win. We thought this, we thought that. And then by the time the Tonys came rolling out this a uh, couple of months ago, I forgot to post it. And then afterwards I was like, "What? I mean, I don't know. This just this this it felt weird to me. It I felt weird. I don't know what I very else much to agree. Say. And that's part of the reason why I I didn't watch it in time. I just watched some of the clips afterwards because I just didn't, it didn't uh, appeal to me the way that they have in the past for whatever reason, because it's, I so felt obligated to do it. I, I don't know. It just felt odd. Like there's always going to be a little asterisks on the, on this. Yeah. And you know, I felt weird about putting it behind a paywall. Yeah. The first part felt weird to me, putting it behind a paywall and somebody said, Oh, but you know, they do, they used to divide the show. Remember it used to be on PBS yeah. for like an hour and then I moved to CBS and I'm like yeah but at least that was free. Yeah, that's You know, it was CBS. you're switching channels. Yeah. This is you th that made me feel a little wonky. Mm -hmm. Um I think Audrey McDonald did a great job hosting. I think if nothing else Jennifer Holiday was worth the that's Paramount right. subscription exactly. alone. Jeez. But it made me so sad because I'm like this is what people should be seeing and you have to pay to see it. Right. Uh so that made me that made me a little sad and then you know yeah. it was uh, christmas carol won all the design awards it was like what's what was its competition <laughs> who knew <laughs> and i kept sitting there being like if aaron Tveit doesn't win like this is just uh, it, it, it just didn't feel right to yes, me yes it was odd and i felt there was such a i tonally what i couldn't figure out was it was a sell they kept saying it's about the future it's about the future it's about the future it's about and mm -hmm. then all it was was a celebration of the past. Right. It was just like First, one. And I, I was like, this isn't matching up for me. Yeah. This isn't matching up. I, I can't I can't figure this out. Where's the future? Yeah. You didn't show me the future. You kept showing me the great things from the past mm -hmm. and talking about the future. Um, 
I would also like to go back to a time. Remember when they used to do scenes from plays? Uh, yep. I yep. always people were like, "Oh, that's so awkward." I I, was, I don't think it's awkward. No, no, it's, it's like done it's, right. No, it's like a clip from a movie. Sometimes said, they would have. Remember, they had sometimes they were all on stage together. They would do yes. like little monologues. Okay. Yes, <laughs> that okay. I will say that's when it got weird. Do you remember? I think it was like ninety two or ninety three where they were like, "Let's show you how a play happens." First, this is how this actor auditioned for the song of Jacob Zulu, and then did like a monologue from from that. That's that's right. what I was like. I was like, now this is getting weird. Just I used to, I used to like when it was like they brought out Mary Tyler Moore, and she would come out reading off a cue card. Neil Simon's Broadway Bound is a comedy. Just like right. <laughs> flip the card, flip the card. All you got to do is just set it up, do a scene, and get out of the way. I wish we had seen that. Mm. I wish I would love to have seen a scene from The Inheritance. I would love to have seen a scene from Slave Play. I thought Slave Play was going to win Best Play. I was totally I wrong. Uh, I'm happy it's coming back, though. No, that's yep. no shade to the inheritance. I just I was surprised that that happened. Uh, I thought Jagged Little Pill was going to win Best Musical. I did, uh, too. And that did not happen. And I don't know if that's because people think Moulin Rouge is a better show or if there was controversy about. I mean, Jagged Little Pill seems to have protests outside of its theater every there's, once in a while. There's a lot going on on Twitter with them, too. There's a lot of it uh, is. unrest. It is. Um, and so I'm curious to see what happens mm. next with that mm. one. But yeah, anyway, so I'm like I said, I'm happy that the Tony Awards gave us some great historical performances. Um, I just wish it wasn't behind a paywall for some of the really yeah. wonderful things. Um, and I would love to see a way to emphasize the future and for for. You say it's about the future, where but I'm going? not. Where's theater going? Show me Where's where we're going. Next? Yeah. Show me where we're going. Um, and that's uh, that's a little recap, <laughs> just a little brief recap of uh, <laughs> yeah. of things that we've been up to. Um, but you know, you really tuned in for a favorite thing because you need a little something to to, to watch for yourself or listen to. Roses, yes. whiskers on kittens. Um, a bunch of with my ring. <laughs> oh, Bob, and. Uh, Make Carol's gone. Bring in Jaws. <laughs> You're like, oh my god. Uh, where's where's jo- did it did it get it? That's the sound I make. Um, give me a C, a bouncy C. Uh, and Kevin, who wants to go first in in talking about maybe something that we've discovered over the past right. few yeah, months away? I, I have. I will. I'll, I'll share with you. Mine's sort of two built into one. One led to the other. Um, I recently, a couple months ago, I bought, a, this is not my favorite thing, but this, I want everyone to read this book. It should be a favorite thing. Um, but there's a great new book um, that came out this past year um, by a woman named Kristen Stoltz Presley. Um, and it's called Dorothy Fields and Her Life in the American Musical Theater. I can't give you anything but love, baby. Oh, wow. Um, hold it up and see. It's got a gorgeous picture of Miss Fields on there the There she is. Yeah. And this is, it's such an easy, fun read. Uh, it's well, well notated. I mean, I mean, well researched. Uh, this woman has literally spent her life um, uh, working on um, Dorothy Fields and did like, I think a dissertation on her and you know in school she's a professor um, really 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 smart really and, and her Twitter handle is actually Dr. B-Way D-R-B-W-A-Y she has a, a PhD really smart really great book it completely you know I've always loved Dorothy Fields I've always loved I mean you know Tree Grows in Brooklyn is like one of my favorite you know musicals and one of my favorite scores I mean tell tell me a writer who had musicals on Broadway 
for six decades, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. She always stayed ahead of the times. She was always adapting, always changing her voice. So she wrote with Jerome Kern to Cy Coleman. I, it, it, it's the, just an unbelievably prolific career. But my favorite thing today was something I found that I never knew about. Um, I never, never had never heard it before. Uh, and so I was on the old Spotify and I didn't check if it's on Apple Music, but I'm sure it's there too. Um, but there is an album that you can buy on Amazon as well. Uh, it's a disc set. Um, disc set, listen to me. Um, but it is, uh, it is entitled An Evening with Dorothy Fields. So this is a live audio. What? Yeah, man. It is so freaking amazing so sh this is in 1972 if you remember and they still have it i believe the 92nd y in new york city has this thing called the lyricist lyrics and lyricist series um and they would uh, have you know your your lyricist or um interviewed and and have like a retrospective retrospective if you will so in April of 1972, that's what they did with Miss Fields. This is two years before she passed on. She was born in 1904 uh, and died in 1974. Um, and what you have in this recording um, is, is, is the concert. It is her. Um, she hosts it. She has a music director. She's got a couple singers. Um, but it is her basically going through her career and she sings all of the songs, songs such as, you know, on the sunny side of the street, I can't give you anything but love, the way you look tonight. Um, he had refinement. I, I mean, her, now she's got a husky baritone and I'm not going to lie to you, but it is, it is her, you know, we've interviewed people that worked with her and there's always a glint in people's eye when they talk about Dorothy Fields. And <laughs> there was a glint in her eye because she always had a vodka uh, martini in her hand. Yeah. Um, she was definitely, we heard lots of those stories as well, but she was, she's so funny, Rob. And and, and you and, and the, the recording has all of her dialogue in between the songs. She'll sing like, you know, it's like B. Arthur's one woman show. It was like, like one minute of a song and then get, let's get to the dialogue. <laughs> one minute of a song, let's get to the dialogue. Um, but she really, is is she talks about her career she talks about her work she talks about you know who she worked with over the years and i mean this is a person who comes from you know vo like showbiz royalty you know her father was famously a director and a star on the vaudeville stage her brothers herbert and joseph were both you know writers and playwrights um and it ran in the family in fact the, you read i mean I, I learned a lot about her family by reading this this amazing book but um but this recording really kind of sums it all up and you get to hear sort of the this person at the very end of their of their career, um, but with so much fire and zest and zeal for life. Uh, and I was like, you know, I was I, I remember listening to it a couple of weeks ago or months ago, actually, on my way to the, the to get my COVID, you know, test, um, you know, and I had to walk like 20 minutes. And I decided to walk and I was laugh out loud laughing at her her wit. Because her just quips are in between the songs are funny, but also her her take on her material, the way a lyricist can attack their own, and I mean attack like put their mouth around that language, their own material is like beyond special. And and it just is, yeah, it was just really incredible. So um, I would, and, and, and Cy Coleman makes, a, he's in the audience and he, may, he comes up on stage and they sing songs from, you know, Sweet Charity and Seesaw. Um, and that's really fun to hear him play the piano and joke with her and they're, you know, you just get a sense that this is an old broad who was just, just so much fun to work with uh, and really, truly loved what she did.
Uh, and, and and you hear it. You hear it. Sorry. Yes. No, I was going to say it is on Apple Music. I just downloaded it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm looking at the list of songs that she. Oh, uh, it, there's like a 30 fine songs romance. on it. Pick yourself up. The way you look tonight. Oh, my God. He had refinement. Um, big spender. Where am I going? Jesus Christ. I mean, and she has some guest singers uh, that sing a couple things to give her a break. But it's it is her show. And in. And if you listen from beginning to end, you will really understand how... Also, I have to say, Dorothy Fields, one of the very few female writers of American musical theater, and the best, you know? And she started when women were like, oh, you can either be a nurse or a teacher or you yep. get married. And I mean, yep. we're talking 1920s people. Um, and and this is somebody who not only did it, but did it better than anybody else. And... Uh, and it reinvented herself too. I mean, now we think Cy Coleman is like this old, you know, old guy, you know, musical theater writer. But in the '60s, he was this up-and-coming jazz guy that, like, you know, she was she was getting hip with like the younger, you know, the younger guy. And and it was she was always reinventing herself. And I just think it's just incredible. I think out of any lyricist that worked on Broadway musical theater from the beginning of time all the way up to to current day, she is the one that is the most versatile. In terms of being able to change with the times, yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, if you put the way you look tonight next to Big Spender, you know, next to Nobody Does It Like Me, I mean, uh, no, it's you go. That's the same person. You go through the the Roaring Twenties. You have the Depression. You have World War Two. You have a conservative nineteen fifties. You got more of the fun of the sixties, all the way to the. I mean, her last show was Seesaw. Really, like yeah. this sort of edgy, funky little show. I mean, yeah. So do you I, I, do yeah. do you have a favorite Dorothy Field song? Oh my gosh! Well, I think not to be cliche, but I think the way you look tonight is yeah. one of the most beautiful songs ever. Um, I think the entire score to A Tree Grows in Brooklyn is, if you've never heard Tree Grows in Brooklyn, folks, uh, please go listen to it because I just think it is. It is such an incredibly beautiful score, and it it, it 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 confirms my that theory I have, where like sometimes the composer's voice changed based on who they're writing with. You know, like I think Julie Stein definitely. You know, when he was writing with certain people, it really made it forced him to be better. Um, and uh, I think Schwartz is it Howard Schwartz, Schwartz and Dietz. Oh, Schwartz and uh, Dietz. And, and yeah, Schwartz is the composer, uh, I believe. Uh, and and his it, it, it's just. I think some of his finest work and in that score. So um, I'll buy you a star I think is gorgeous. Yeah. So I, I, um, I, but I think way you look tonight, that's, that to me is the most. Yeah. That's, I don't think that's cliched. I think, yeah, I think that's a great one. And I won the Oscar for best song. And I, swing time. Yeah. It was, uh, I think she's the first woman to have won an Oscar for best song. I believe so. Yeah. With Jerome Kern. Uh Yeah. And you're right. The female lyricists, it's uh you can before the 20th century before the 21st century you can sort of count them on one hand right it's her betty comden carolyn lee carolyn lee and then later on you get mickey grant right and then lynn aarons yeah anybody i mean i'm sure there's people are yelling right now what about blah 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 um those are the ones that can come to mind though now we have you know like amanda green janine to well janine to does music right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. interesting okay well yeah, i well. i am i am excited for this an evening with Dorothy Fields. Uh, sit back, relax, and uh, get to know this this amazing, amazing woman. Yeah, and like it's on Apple Music. I've already downloaded it. Oh, on the oh, sunny good. side of the street. Oh, grab your hand. 
direct your feet to the sunny side of the street. And, I like. And, and, and listeners, uh, the, the book that that really led me, me to this uh, sort of <laughs> deep dive into Dorothy is called uh, uh, Dorothy Fields and Her Life in the American Musical Theater. I Can't Give You Anything But Love, Baby by Kristen Stoltz Presley, P-R-E-S-S-L-E-Y. You really should check out this book and buy it as well because it really, um, it really, really pays great uh, respect to her and gives us a really fuller sense of the picture of who this woman was. But I, ca- I cannot wait to read it. I cannot yeah. wait to read it. Thank you for this recommendation. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, you know, it's so interesting. I, I'd, li- I'd like to pride myself on thinking that I've seen just about everything on YouTube that's theater related. By now, and I feel like. By now. <laughs> and by, fe- yes, and I feel like we could write a thesis on it. Um, but every once in a while, I will get something that just surprises me and oh, makes me go, I have not seen this. What is this? Oh, boy. And in a lot of ways, Kev, it's sort of like a Black Mirror episode for us or a Twilight Zone episode for us. My other co-host, Ray, um, he texted me. and He's like, have you ever seen this? And he sent me a link to something that just simply said, Every show running on Broadway in 1997. And I was like, what the hell is every show running on Broadway in 1997? Well, my friends, it's about a half hour of pure brilliance. And uh, it's from a television show, a public access show, which is still on today, which I didn't know. So this led me down a big rabbit hole. Um, the show was you called. You sent it to me, didn't you? You sent I this. I did because yep. I was I like, Kevin. I watched the whole thing. I oh. watched the. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Oh nope. my goodness. Because I'm like, this sounds familiar to me. I was like, yep. Kevin, I think this is us. I think this is us. I think there's an, an, an alternate world where, where we're existing. It's called Two on the Isle with Charles Gross and Jeff Goodman. Now, these are two individuals I had never heard of before. Maybe that's because <laughs> I'm, I'm not as well educated as I should be. Um, they portrayed themselves or, or said that they were the Siskel and Ebert of Broadway, um, that it was two individuals with what seems like very different tastes um, going on Manhattan, New- Manhattan, uh, the Manhattan Cable Network, a public access. And, you know, I love public access. And they reviewed different shows that they had seen. Um, Charles is the more conservative of the two, uh, the more into more academic, I'll say. Um, has some very nice points that he wants to make. And then there's Jeff, um, <laughs> who's a sassy, larger man um, and uh, has no problem just interrupting Charles with a barrage of jokes. And I thought to myself, boy, these guys or look something. familiar <laughs> or, or something. And in this episode that my friend sent me, which you can also find in our show description, they have picked up a copy of the New York Times theater listing, the A to Z section, and Jeff just reads what shows are playing, and then he and Charles comment on them. Um, what sounds like it could be a very dull, dry experience is one of the most riveting things I have ever seen in my life. Um, varying degrees of research done, too. But... Varying degrees of research. <laughs> They're very similar to us. Um and first of all, in 1997, there were some great shows running on Broadway. And uh, Charles and Jeff have no problem discussing them. Uh, for example, Annie. Annie 
Charles was not pleased that they cut. Uh, we'd like to thank you, Herbert Hoover. Yes. And Jeff is not a huge fan of Brittany Kissinger. If you remember, oh, no. Brit- Brittany Kissinger was the little girl who played Annie. And Jeff just goes, Brittany Kissinger. Ugh, P.U. <laughs> and I was like, Jeff, come sit by me. <laughs> um, they talk a little bit about shows that are coming to Broadway. They recommend getting your tickets tickets to Ragtime because they think that's going to be a big hit. And they're absolutely correct on that. Um, uh, Jeff is a massive Rent fan. Charles is not. No, no, no. But no, Jeff no. loves Rent. He thinks it's... And <laughs> my favorite is, he says, get a close-up of me. And the camera goes to Jeff and he's like, Tomorrow, today for you, tomorrow for me, baby. And I was like, if that was just on the shirts at Rent, I think the show would have been more successful. Um, they have very strong opinions. Like I said, Charles gives you the more academic perspective. Uh, Jeff is giving you the sassy, the sassy person that you're going to hear over at the Cosmic Diner. Just Charles is trying to like keep things on the train on the track a little yeah, bit more. So try, I, try to keep the thing organized. So I thought to myself, like, boy, these guys look familiar to me, and I don't know where I think I've seen them before. Um, it is literally a half hour of just pure joy. Now I try to do my due diligence. I tried to do my research on who these two individuals are. Um, they were recording up until about together, it seems up until about 10 years or so ago. Um, and if you want, I will also post this, their Equus review with Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> I was like, they're going to hit each other. Cause at this point it's an old married couple that I just don't think likes each other anymore. Right. Cause Charles keeps calling Daniel Radcliffe, Harry Potter and Jeff at some point just snaps <laughs> and it's like, he goes, stop calling him Harry Potter. You can call him the character. You can call him Daniel Radcliffe, but please stop calling him Harry Potter. And I was like, now it's going to get good. Then uh, Jeff went away. And then it was just Charles um, working with a woman named Leslie Hoban Blake. Uh, and now Charles and Leslie review together. And that's Leslie, open parentheses, Hoban, close parentheses, Blake. That's how she bills herself. And Jeff is nowhere to be seen. So I am. I was able to become friends with Charles on Twitter and on Facebook. And I watch the reviews that he and Leslie posts, and they're really interesting. But where is Jeff? Well, I just found a video on uh, New Year's Eve on the uh, program Dave's Gone By, not Days Gone By, Dave's Gone By, hosted by Dave Lefkowitz. And he reunites Charles and Jeff via Zoom. What? Now, I don't know what happened. It looks, I don't, I want to know why they broke up. I will say, I know that Jeff has now lives in Las Vegas and he did lap band surgery and he lost over 300 pounds. So he's, a, he's for him. so he's, he's living his best life out in Las Vegas. I wow. would love to see these two men reunite for something just as special, or maybe do a production of the sunshine boys somewhere. What was that theater on the mall in New Jersey? You know, or maybe the Westbury Music Fair. Yep. Um, or just on Zoom, and you can or just, just on, on public Zoom. access on you know and Channel Thirteen. <laughs> yeah, I'll 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 pay for it. You know, and Charles, like I said, he now works with Les Leslie. Open parentheses, Hoban. Close parentheses, Blake. And sometimes his daughter will be a commentator. Um, sometimes I think he he brings his wife to the shows. But 
I miss Jeff. I just miss Jeff. So friends, take a look at every show running on Broadway in 1997. Uh, Charles Gross, Jeff Goodman. I'm posting the link on our show description. These guys are fabulous together, and I'm so angry that I waited so long to get on the Gross and Goodman bandwagon. I, I'm fairly certain that I used to watch them on in, when I came to New York in 2002 mm. on one of those like MNN, you know, yes, where, where like yes. Bob and Bird's show was on yes. and all of that. And I feel like because it was a musical theater thing, and I remember being very excited. So I, I do recall that, and now, I'm pretty sure I used to watch them. And and friends, I'm just going to say on YouTube right now, it's only got 109 views. I'd love to make it at least 200 by the end of today, and. Uh, there's three likes and then one person disliked it to the one person who disliked it. You un-American son of a bitch. <laughs> I don't know who you are or who you think you are, but how dare you? I'm assuming I am assuming you were so excited by the brilliant commentary that you accidentally clicked dislike. Yeah. I will chalk it up to an accident. My friend, you have 24 hours to fix your mistake. If not, I will find you. And I swear, if this was Leslie, open parenthesis, Hoban, close parenthesis, Blake, <gasps> Leslie, Drama. You, this is Machiavellian. And I'm, and I'm kind of impressed. But I hope it's not you, Leslie. Charles also did a one-man play um, about uh, finding a parking spot in Manhattan uh, that's directed by his daughter. Uh, and I think that's also on, on YouTube. Yeah. It's how I found an affordable apartment in, on the Upper West Side of Manhattan without really trying. It's like a Spalding uh, Gray type there. thing. Yes. It's like a Spalding Gray where he sits at a table and talks. Um, so once again, folks, I am late to this bandwagon. They don't review together anymore, but I so hope that there'll be a reunion. And well, I check out the old ones. The old and, ones but, are just as good. Yeah. Yeah. The, the 97 and the Equus one are two of my faves. A big thanks to my other co-host, Gray Hebel, for introducing me to them. And that is my favorite thing. Good for one. this week, nay, this month, nay, this year. I love it. I love it. Um, so, and you have a lot of, you have a lot of work to do, listeners. You have a lot of things to watch. Uh, so all the things that we've talked about are in the show description. Please, if you haven't, go see Dana H. It's a fantastic, fantastic show. Then to cheer you up, go get yourself over to Chicken and Biscuits. Puts a big smile on your face. And I think what we need right now more than anything is a big smile on our faces. Um, anything else, Kev? Uh, oh, I will give a plug real quick to, uh, I'm, I'm music directing. Uh, we're doing a, we, I, Todd Wanaponio, who's been a friend yes. of our podcast. He's doing another of his shows um, at, at Green Room 42 on November 21st at seven o'clock. Uh, he pays homage to the leading ladies of Broadway and it's heartfelt and hysterically funny. Uh, and so if you're not doing anything that Sunday night, do do check it out because it is a, a great time. But when we did it at 54 below, uh, I have never, I've never seen an audience leap to their feet uh, as quickly as they did. Uh, and, and so uh, this is a, a reprise of, of that show. And I'm, I'm excited to be a part of it. I have my tickets. I am ecstatic. Oh, good. Good, good, good. Yes, yeah. I will. I will be there. Catherine DeLuce and I will be there. She was our choreographer on Merrily. We will be there together, supporting and smiling at Todd. And then our friend Robbie Rizell has a show coming up at Birdland. 
Um, and we'll also put that in our info description. Good. So we've got Todd, we've got Robbie, we've got lots of great things happening. Folks, if you're in New York City over the next couple of months because theater's opening, please don't hesitate to reach out to us on social media. Maybe we can all get lunch or something. I just had lunch with our wonderful listeners, the Rothmans, a couple of uh, oh, days ago. Right. Joel and Jerry That's from nice. Chicago. Yeah. Um, and it was so nice to catch up and everything. And Mazel Tov, there was just a wedding in the family. So oh. Mazel Tov to Joel and Jerry. Um, <laughs> all right. And I will, I will see you soon soon kevin i have gotten the 97 transcript of the two on the aisle so i think we should memorize it we'll and i think we should we should do it as a play at great. soho playhouse fantastic can't wait yeah grant wait we're going to be very very there. wonderful yep directed by uh <laughs> barry kleinboard yes <laughs> directed, directed by barry kleinboard um by jamie Deroy. <laughs> yeah oh we got folks we got a hit we got a hit all right uh, we will see you all very, very soon. Take, Take care. care. Of we miss you. Bye. We miss you. Bye. <laughs> Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens, bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens, brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.